This podcast is made possible by the generosity of supporting members. Please visit dharmaocean.org to learn more about becoming a supporting member. You are listening to the Dharma Ocean Podcast. In this episode, Reggie introduces the first noble truth, the truth of suffering, in context of the somatic practice of pure awareness. He says that this ancient teaching allows us to see the reality of our lives in this moment as modern people. This excerpt is taken from Reggie's upcoming online course called The Somatic Practice of Pure Awareness, the Tantric Style of Embodied Meditation. To register for the course, please visit dharmaocean.org. So in this session, I want to talk a little bit more about the Four Noble Truths. I'm using this framework, which is probably one of the oldest frameworks used to talk about the practice of meditation for a number of reasons. I think the first reason is I want you to see how the somatic practice of pure awareness is really rooted in the earliest Buddhist tradition and how it is a contemporary reflection in the way I'm teaching it of something that is really found in all the Buddhist schools. And the second reason for, the second main reason for using this framework right now is because it uh, brings us back once again to seeing and understanding our actual situation as human beings in this world at this moment and what our possibilities may be and also what our limitations may be. The reason for doing this always on the path of meditation for constantly coming back and looking at our situation freshly is that all of us live in bubbles. We tend to live in bubbles. Living in a bubble means that we have a version of reality that we take to be real and we don't realize how much it is a a very self-constructed self-serving in a way narcissistic point of view on the universe the bubbles that we live in you know we live in a a personal bubble we live in a, a familial bubble We live in a a cultural and social bubble. And we as humans live in a bubble too. There's there's really a sense that um, for most of our lives, we are not actually in contact with what's going on. Uh, There's a tremendous amount of uh, wishful thinking uh, that defines how we see things. A tremendous amount of paranoia, things we're afraid of. So, What the Four Noble Truths do over and over and over um, is bring us into contact with reality. 
And I do believe that even if we were not using this framework, if we really took a look at things and saw how they are, we would arrive at the Four Noble Truths. So I want to come back and look uh, once again, and this time take a deeper cut. We've already taken an initial look. Take a, take a deeper look and see uh, how the, the whole uh, enterprise of the spiritual journey is really summarized right there, the, the journey that we are on in this course. So the Four Noble Truths, you could say the first Noble Truth is our actual situation which we've talked about uh, quite a bit in the first five talks that I've given. And the second one is, uh, so the first one is suffering. That's our situation. That's a, just a blanket term that covers uh, the big picture. The second one um, is known as the origin of suffering, which is how did we get into this mess? And how do we stay in the mess? How, how do we keep repeating the same things and getting into the same you know, uh, quicksand and uh, never seem to escape, never seem to really get anywhere. How, what is that? What is that process? And then the third one, which is, as I mentioned, the cessation of suffering, or cessation of struggle, we could say, um, is basically saying, look, a uh, situation is very dire, uh, and there are things we do that are constantly trapping us in that dire situation, so we can't get out. But there is an alternative, and that's, a, that's the uh, good news. The first two noble truths are the bad news, and the second uh, th truths, three and four, are the good news. So truth number three is there is an alternative. There is a way to be in life without hope, without fear, without wishful thinking, without paranoia, to actually show up and actually be there where there's no struggle. We're not fighting everything all the time. There is an alternative. And then the fourth noble truth is, how do we, okay, that sounds good, but how do we do it? You know, what is the actual journey? And uh, all four of these, uh, of course, many people who have studied Buddhism, you've been um, studying these, you've read about them, you've seen all these different versions. When we come to the somatic journey that is the keynote of tantric spirituality or tantric style awareness. They come off uh, really quite differently, and you know, to my way of uh, to my way of seeing it, uh, much more grounded, much more embodied, much more real, much more unavoidable. So, uh, just to touch briefly on the first noble truth, we've talked about that uh, already quite a bit, and. Uh, it's extraordinarily important because the, the first noble truth is saying, as I mentioned, that this whole issue of um, the discomfort of life, uh, the fact that things are really never satisfactory, things never really work out, there's always, always a struggle, always a fear, always uh, this uh, feeling in our body of anxiety. Um, that's not something we're going to be able to escape. We, uh, that is our human condition. Tenzin Palmo, uh, the Tibetan nun who did uh, a meditation in a cave in uh, Ladakh, uh, I think it was at 17,000 feet, a long time ago, uh, was really having a tough time. 
And I think I've talked about this example uh, before, uh, but it's a very, very, uh, very, very powerful and very telling. Um, cave was, uh, you know, poorly chosen. I mean, what does she know about picking out caves? She found this cave and got it fixed up, but, you know, what does she know? She's this English woman. And, you know, it turned out the cave leaked. And then in the springtime, when the snow started to melt, it was dripping water off, you know, running down and pooling and dripping off the ceiling. And she got really sick. In the meantime, you know, it's one thing to get a cold at sea level, but at 17,000 feet, this is not a good situation. Plus, the nearest doctor was about a mile and a half down the mountain. Uh, and even then, the medical care was sketchy. Uh, and she was feeling bad, you know, very afraid, you know, feeling horrible, feeling awful. And she reports in her book, Cave in the Snow, which is very worth reading, she reports that uh, all of a sudden one day it dawned on her, the Buddha said, hey, you know, this is how things are. Okay, fine, now, now you're sick, but it could be a broken leg, it could be a broken heart, it could be, uh, you know, fear of dying, it could be... It could be anything, but it's always something. And it's usually not just one thing. It's usually a whole bunch of things. And she said at that point, she suddenly relaxed. And she was able to be in that situation without fighting it and without constantly trying to, uh, you know, make it okay in her own mind. She just accepted it. And that's what the, you know, the intention of the first noble truth is to help us come into a place of peace an acceptance of what is inevitable. It's not like we're going to change the fact that life is unsatisfactory, although we all, on some level, think that somehow we're going to be able to, but we can't. So this first noble truth really kind of uh, sets us down and sets us straight. It's very interesting that uh, as a teacher over, uh, you know, four and a half decades at this point. Um, I meet, meet a lot of people, and a lot of people of all ages, a lot of people of all circumstances. Um, and that is, you know, it's continued both in my university teaching and as a Dharma teacher. And I have to say, uh, when you see people from the outside, much of the time they look just fine and they look like they're doing okay, and they look like uh, they're getting by. But when you get to know them, and you know, when you're a teacher, you do, because the environment of a teacher, and you know, particularly in small classes that I've had the um, you know, privilege of teaching as a college teacher, and then uh, even more so in the Dharma, um, meeting people one-on-one, -on -one, um, talking to people where, you know, people, the ardent students that I have been uh, honored to teach over the years, they bring their life in their hands and they set it down in front of me so we can both look at it. And over this long, long period, I have, it has uh, really struck me that no one escapes. And we're not talking about the inconveniences and the distresses of everyday life. We're talking about serious problems. Uh, we're talking about, uh, you know, young people who have physical ailments and physical disabilities and physical pain that they're going to be carrying their whole life. We're talking about 
um, young people, because mostly, you know, in the beginning at least, I work with young people in their late teens and 20s. Um, something's happened, they've lost somebody. Uh, they've had some incredible heartbreak with a parent. Um, most people, in fact, I think everybody has f suffered some form of um, very debilitating abuse, some kind of traumatic uh, situations, either at the hands of their family or at the hands of uh, other people, or some other traumatic situation, an accident, uh, you know, an early death of a parent, whatever. We're all in this together. You know, nobody escapes. And I think that that's, you know, frankly, one of the um, deep blessings of being a teacher because you see right away that your own pain and your own suffering isn't, uh, it's not unique. In fact, not only is it not unique, <laughs> nobody, nobody has a different situation. No one, no matter how young or how old. To download more of Reggie's teachings, find out about upcoming retreats, and to explore a variety of audio listening guides to assist you on your spiritual journey, please visit dharmaocean.org. Our music is by Jeff Beale and Nawang Ketchog from the album Tibet Cry of the Snow Lion.